This episode is sponsored by Louisville CBD. Grounded in science, transparency, and high-quality therapeutic products, Lou CBD offers premium CBD tinctures, soft gels, and topical products to ease pain and help you live your best life. And just for being a Modern Bar Cart podcast listener, you can save 15% off your online order from Lou CBD by entering the coupon code MBC15, as in Modern Bar Cart 15, at checkout. That's MBC15, all one word. To learn more about Louisville CBD, visit loucbd.com to browse their products and educational materials or find them on Instagram at loucbd. Now, on to the episode. Modern. 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 We're prepping for a voyage. Modern. The force of an old-fashioned equals whiskey mass times bitters acceleration. Why don't you make that a double? Modern Bar Cart. What's shaking, cocktail fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Bar Cart Podcast. I'm your host, Modern Bar Cart CEO, Eric Koslick. This episode, we take a good, hard look at one of the emerging trends in the cocktail space, CBD cocktails. I sit down with my friend, Tyler Lloyd of Louisville CBD, and we really dig into the science, the definitions, and the flavors that are important to consider before you start seasoning your drinks with this popular cannabinoid compound. Tyler is a bit of a cocktail enthusiast himself. He's actually the producer of the Speaking Easy podcast, which is one of the inspirations for this show. So if you've been curious about CBD in general or CBD cocktails in particular, this episode should help you decide if and how you'd like to experiment with them. But please keep in mind, Tyler and I are not doctors and none of what we say here is intended as medical advice. Consult a licensed physician before putting new substances into your body. That's just common sense. Man, disclaimers are a buzzkill. So... How about we take a second here to get back on track with a little Louisville-inspired cocktail. This episode's featured drink is the Louisville cocktail. To make it, you'll need two ounces of bourbon, a half ounce of Lillet Rouge, and a half ounce of Lillet Blanc. Combine all these ingredients in a mixing glass with ice. Stir for about 15 to 20 seconds until it's well chilled and thoroughly mixed and strain into a stemmed cocktail glass. Quick note on the ingredients, Lillet is a French style aperitif, and this cocktail is essentially a perfect Manhattan, or a Manhattan made with equal parts sweet and dry vermouth. However, instead of vermouths, we're using the slightly stronger, slightly sweeter aperitifs, which makes the Louisville cocktail the perfect Manhattan's stronger, sweeter cousin. Enjoy it with the citrus twist of your choice and make sure to offer a toast to all the delicious bourbon brought to us by the great state of Kentucky. So now that you're all fueled up here with a cocktail, let's turn our attention back to this dank, hemp-driven healing conversation with Tyler Lloyd of Louisville CBD. Some of the things he and I discuss include what CBD is and how it differs from another popular cannabinoid called THC how Tyler and his brother capitalized on recent legislation to build Lou CBD and bring consistency and good science into the supplement space. 
tips for making sure you stay safe and achieve your optimum desired outcome when making or purchasing a CBD cocktail, or really any product with a CBD upgrade. How CBD affects the flavor profile of a mixed drink and how to incorporate it into your cocktails in ways that make sense. A little mixological pit stop where we sample Lou CBD and incorporate it into a delicious tequila cocktail. Why George Washington and the other founding fathers were so keen on hemp and much, much more. We take our time with CBD in this interview. Because it's a trending topic and because we want our listeners to be super informed before choosing to enjoy a CBD cocktail, we go through some intense definitions setting and cautionary exercises. That said, I was really pleasantly surprised by just how delicious and well-balanced the CBD cocktail we enjoyed on air truly was, and I am personally looking forward to continue exploring this space myself as CBD becomes integrated more and more into the cocktail world. Now, please enjoy this stimulating conversation with Tyler Lloyd of Louisville CBD. Tyler, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners and just let everybody at home know who you are, what we're here talking about, and how you came to be involved in this field? Uh, definitely. So my name is Tyler Lloyd, and I am a co-founder of Louisville CBD Company, also known as Lou CBD. And I co-run that with my uh, my little brother, even though he doesn't like when I call him little brother, uh, my brother Kyle. And this company came out of first his use of CBD. Like many, he was suffering from anxiety, borderline depression after losing two very close friends at a very, very young age and was looking for a solution. He had been seeing things about CBD and stress management and anxiety about three years ago now. And he tried his first bottle, first product, and it didn't really work for him. Didn't work that well. Then he tried more products and he was seeing in the market that there was a lot of inconsistency mm-hmm. of the products that were out there, uh, what they were saying was in them, uh, did more research and finding out that a lot of the stuff that was being sold online, what was on the label wasn't what was in the bottle. A lot of concerning things. Well, my brother has a background in chemical engineering. Uh, he's actually in the, the liquor world, mm-hmm. uh, working uh, for, for Michter's, and he's thought, well... I think I want to get into this business. I He eventually found products that worked for him, and he found a lot of relief for it. And he said, I want to manufacture a product that is very transparent and to help people who are in the same place as me trying to overcome uh, stress, anxiety, and also pain management. And he brought me on about a year ago when he really had the idea and said, I've got this idea. Would you be interested? And brought me on for my ability to build websites and social media and that stuff. But I also have a background in biology and chemistry. So we're two scientists uh, trying to produce a product that is open, transparent, and truthful. We are very open about where our our knowledge, and I say our, the collective knowledge of CBD, begins and ends mm-hmm. because there is a lot of unknowns. Yeah, and I definitely want to talk about some of those unknowns in this interview. I want to talk about the CBD industry mm-hmm. because it seems like it's, it's changed a little bit from <laughs> when your brother started looking for his first products to where it is today. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely want to cover that stuff. But the Modern Bar Cart podcast is very rarely 
addressing like trending topics, right? And, mm -hmm. and I feel like CBD is in that trendy kind of space. So very much so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a good place to be for you. Yeah. But can you just define CBD for our listeners? Because I, I know probably most people listening to it have heard something about it on the news. They probably know that it's somehow tangentially related to cannabis or marijuana. Mm -hmm. But I know for myself, before I started doing research for this particular episode, that's where my knowledge sort of ended. So can you give us a definition of what CBD stands for? And then maybe talk about some of the, I guess, more biological or chemical sides of it? Yeah, definitely. So CBD stands for cannabidiol, and it is one of 113 uh, cannabinoids that are in cannabis sativa. And cannabis sativa comprises both hemp and marijuana. They are the exact same genus and species of plant, but I like to liken them as a pug and a golden retriever. A pug and a golden retriever are the exact same animal genetically, but through years and years of selective breeding, you would not confuse a pug and a golden retriever, and hemp and marijuana are the very same. They've been bred to have very, very different characteristics. There's this other compound in both of them called THC, which uh, some of the listeners may be familiar with, and that's the compound that provides that high. It's the psychoactive compound, one of those other 113 cannabinoids. Mm -hmm. While marijuana has been selectively grown to have much, much higher concentrations of THC, uh, anywhere from 5% to 25%, and it's actually been trending upwards as, as we've been producing more and more of these crazy strains. You'll hear people talking about, oh, the stuff I used to smoke in the 70s was much milder, because it was. I had much less THC and actually had a better ratio of THC to CBD. Because if you go into head shops and places where it's legal, you can actually see them listing the ratio of THC to CBD because they interact together. They're all interacting on your endocannabinoid system, the ENS, which is our body's natural receptors for these molecules. Mm -hmm. So what does THC stand for? THC stands for... Uh, oh man, you're putting me on the spot here. Uh, that's tetrahydrocannabinoid. Okay. Cannabinol. And I may be wrong there. I, don't, I almost want to pull up my, my, my phone and, and, and Google it. We'll stick it on the show notes page because, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's fascinating how like we've got these two chemicals from these two plants mm -hmm. and I feel like what's happened with the legislation that, that we'll, we'll talk about here in a moment, I feel like what it's done is it's drawn this line like right between these two things. <laughs> one right? is good, one is bad. Right? We've got good and evil, and there's definitely some similarities and differences. But I guess, so we, we know that CBD and THC are different. We know that, that CBD is found in the hemp plant, mm -hmm. and CBD is also found in marijuana. Mm -hmm. But what happened with legislation that, that has made CBD so important in the news recently, and, and, and obviously like, you know, in, in the uh, therapeutic industry, which mm -hmm. you're in. Yeah. And uh, one to add on to that, the THC is also present in both of them. It's just in a much uh, lower concentration in hemp, uh, usually 0.3% or less. Okay. Now, what happened in the regulatory space, so the 2014 Farm Bill allowed hemp to be grown in the United States as sort of a test pilot project for the first time in almost 100 years. The United States used to grow a lot of hemp. George Washington used to have it on his farms in Mount Vernon, which is just down the road from where we're recording. Uh, he wrote about it in his letters, Thomas Jefferson. Hemp was a big part of 
our country and the, the industry, agricultural and manufacturing, for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Then if you start to look into it, you can see that there were various lobbying factors to suppress hemp growth from uh, paper mills and other industries and chemical manufacturers because hemp can be used for a ton of different things. And it grows really easily because it's kind of a weed. That's where the term weed comes from. It grows like a weed. Uh, pretty easy to grow. Now, they started banning it and sort of uh, criminalizing it and making it to be this evil product. And then there was a lot of actual racism related to marijuana and trying to relate it to sort of Mexicans and migrants coming up to the whole beatnik movement and jazz musicians, African-Americans. So there was this whole campaign to sort of paint hemp and marijuana broad strokes as being bad, part of the counterculture that mm -hmm. we should resist and, and demonize. Right, Reefer Madness. Yeah, uh, excellent, excellent movie if people haven't <laughs> watched it. I think it's available for free on YouTube uh, if you Google it. Well, people started realizing that hemp has a lot of opportunities for us to grow it, to start producing more food and fiber commodities in the United States, that it was something that we weren't really utilizing. So in 2014, uh, Mitch McConnell was one of the big backers of this because Kentucky, where I'm originally from and where Louisville CBD Company is located, hence the name Louisville, uh, really pushed to have hemp being started to, to grow again in the mm -hmm. United States. Well, that went on for four years, 2014 to 2018, and then finally in 2018, they fixed some of the shortcomings in the 2014 Farm Bill. One of the biggest ones was they allowed you to grow it, but they did not deschedule it. So hemp and marijuana were considered the same thing as far as the DEA was concerned. So it was a Schedule One substance, the highest schedule you can be. And by decriminalizing it and removing it off that Schedule One substance, it allowed hemp to enjoy a lot more freedoms of being able to be sold at, I'm pretty sure it's at Whole Foods and your local health food stores and, and different things like that. So you can find these CBD products now kind of like everywhere. They're popping up all over the place. You find them in gas stations even. So that's kind of now while CBD is acceptable, but THC still very much wedded to marijuana, that Schedule One substance still considered illegal. Yeah, I, I want to hit on the word psychoactive down down the line, because I, I think for me in my reading about THC versus CBD, this this term psychoactive or non-psychoactive keeps on popping up. But before we, we get too far into the weeds, um, <laughs> why don't you tell our listeners the story of Louisville CBD and talk a little bit about the products that you offer mm -hmm. and kind of like how you built the company and, and where, where you're at right now. Yeah, so as I said, my brother was the first one to use CBD, and I actually remember, I think maybe two Christmases before he actually came with the idea of doing this uh, this company, he had some CBD. I was having some lower back pain, we were you know, home, uh, for the, home for the holidays, and he said, hey, how about you try this? And first I was a little hesitant, because uh, in my day job, I'm a federal employee, and I was like, Kyle, you know, I can't take this. If you know it's derived from marijuana or has any of those compounds, and he he reassured me, no, it doesn't contain THC. It's not going to trigger any drug test or anything. You don't have to worry about it. So I trusted my my little brother, who is a chemical engineer, and popped some pills. And I I 
had relief. My, my lower back pain subsided a little bit. I felt I had some more mobility. So that was my first introduction of CBD. So then when my brother came to me with this idea of let's create a CBD company where we are very, very clear on what are in our products. All of our products are third party tested. So we actually show, you know, what we say is on the label is what's in the bottle. Make sure that there's no heavy metals, solvents, pesticides, any of those nasty things in there. And we try to have as very few ingredients as possible because mm -hmm. right? you're buying it for the CBD. So you don't want a bunch of filler oils and garbage and stabilizers and other things. So we're making sure that what you, what you read is what you're going to get. And we're also trying to also on our website, digest a lot of the research and digest it in a way that is truthful. Being a, a trained scientist, I get very, very annoyed, aggravated when I see a, a journalist who maybe has no ill intentions, reads the headline of a scientific article and says, oh, research proves or research you know, shows, but really doesn't caveat what shows means. A mm -hmm. lot of that research is just showing that there is a positive correlation enough to further investigate mm -hmm. something. Something is going on here. Right. So when CBD is being used for pain management, anxiety, stress, depression, epilepsy, uh, all these various things, it's just showing that it may be doing something that it warrants further research. And we wanted to break that down in such a way that was digestible by the average consumer so they really knew what they were getting into. And I definitely need to put on the, the FDA disclaimer that none of our products are intended to uh, prevent, cure, or treat any disease. Mm -hmm. uh, these are not drugs. They are supplements, dietary supplements. There is only one FDA-approved drug for uh, the use of CBD, and it's uh, Epidiolox, and that's used for Durrett syndrome, which is a form of childhood epilepsy. So that's the only FDA drug that uses it. Everything else, you need to really call it a supplement. And there's actually some uh, tension there between the CBD industry and FDA, because FDA actually says that anything that is regulated as a drug actually cannot be sold as a supplement. Mm -hmm. However, us in the CBD industry say, we were here first. It was originally a supplement. It has been a supplement. It's been consumed by humans for as far as we can look back in recorded history for 12,000 years. No. It's a supplement. Uh, so there is a little bit of tension there that hopefully gets sorted out soon. But yeah, but our products, uh, right now our product lines, we have four different products. Two tinctures, which is uh, a, a phytocannabinoid-rich oil derived from hemp. And then we use it with a carrier oil of grapeseed oil. We went back and forth trying to decide, do we want to use like olive oil? And then I was like, well, olive oil can go like rancid, it's not as stable. Uh, I wanted to get really high quality olive oil, but then that kind of jumps the price point up. Oh yeah, big time. Then it has a lot of like really good olive oil, brings in a lot of other flavors that people may not like. Then we were thinking about MCT oil, but then some people have issues with uh, coconut products, can cause some intestinal distress. So then we landed on grapeseed oil, which still we went back and forth because it has higher omega-6s. Americans tend to consume way too much omega-6 to begin with, but it's in a small enough quantity and it's pretty tasteless where you're not going to be getting a funky product. I've tasted a lot of CBD products out there. Some of them taste like 
what you would expect uh, bong water to taste like. They're they're funky. Uh, mm. Ours is pretty neutral, and we can uh, we'll probably be cracking a bottle open and giving a little taste. Yeah, for sure. As we talk about cocktails, so we have two different tinctures. Then we have two soft gels, uh, a standard soft gel, and then one that has melatonin and chamomile oil in it, and that's to promote sleep. In our products, uh, we have just one milligram of the chamomile oil and one milligram of the melatonin. And that's actually a lot less than you normally see in a melatonin pill. The research and I uh, tend to think that when people are taking melatonin, they're taking way too much. It just takes a little bit to sort of set your body in the right direction and let the, the regular uh, cycles take over. And that, and that helps with sleep. And then our two newest products are topical CBD products, balms, which just have you know, basic ingredients, a little bit of essential oil, topically applied. And those have been like selling like crazy. And I was also, when my brother first sort of suggested that we sell the topicals, I was like, I don't, I don't really know, like, is it going to work? Like you're just smearing it on your skin. Has it readily absorbed? They were great. I'm, I'm an idiot and decided to, I wanted to run a marathon this year. So I started running for the first time ever. And I'm definitely fueled by uh, CBD balm <laughs> yeah. at this point. Well, that's, that's a really fascinating set of products. It's interesting that you're in the supplement space, and I, and I think it's I think it's actually good that you're in the supplement space because it's it's a it's a space that tends to be fairly safe to experiment in. And when I mm -hmm. say that, I, I'm not I'm not implying that you are experimenting on your on your customers, mm -hmm. but it, it's it's safe to say like okay, we are using this recently descheduled substance, mm -hmm. and we're trying to find out the best ways to help people with it. Yeah, and it seems like the the su the supplement space is, is really prime for that because you've got these topicals, you've got these soft gel pills, and you've got this tincture or an extract. And I think it looks like a, a really well rounded lineup where people can kind of tailor what they mm -hmm. select from your lineup to to what they want to achieve with with the outcome. Mm -hmm. And it's a safe place for us to experiment. However, I would caveat that with that the supplement world and the supplement industry is an unregulated wild wild west the general consumer would think that if they walk into a store to buy a product off a shelf that someone has looked at it someone has regulated it there are safeguards if they're buying a product made in the united states sold in the united states that is generally safe and i would say that most of them are generally safe However, the supplement industry has very, 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 very little oversight and regulation. Now, some of that, I think, is, is good in part. that I don't think it really needs a lot because a lot of these things are more natural and have been used for hundreds and thousands of years, and we don't need government, I say this as a federal employee, um, adding a lot of barriers. However, sometimes that's needed. Uh, there was a 2017 study that found that 70% of CBD sold online did not contain what it said it had on the label. And that was either having way more CBD, way less CBD, and even having concentrations of THC uh, above what they were said that they were supposed to have. Some said that they had zero, but they had much higher than zero. And, and things like that uh, are very concerning to me uh, because let's say someone could actually find benefit in using CBD and they try one product and that product says that it is a 500 milligram tincture. You're gonna find that there are numerous companies out there selling a 500 milligram tincture, just like we are. But 
you should be able to buy a 500 milligram tincture from company A, B, C, and D, and it should have the exact same effect. Right. They, they don't because they're not standardized. Uh, so there is a, a lot of uh, irregularity out there in the market. So I would definitely warn consumers uh, to do the research and go with a company that they feel comfortable with and they can trust and they have interactions with and they feel that, okay, there are, there are people out there who are looking out for my best interest because as you said, that there's a lot of hype around CBD. So there are a lot of people who are out there just going to the lowest common denominator, who is somebody who can white label my products, uh, who can, I can go on fiverr.com, mock up a label, slap some buzzwords, and then boom, I'm off to the races. And that's concerning. It's also nice that the people can get access to products, but with that, the ease of access comes some of these other scary things as well. Yeah, and this is sort of a cautionary tale of an episode, I think, in, yeah. in part. Right. Yeah. Like we're literally sitting here with your products. We're going to we're going to taste them in, in, yeah. in a couple minutes here. But what I what I do want to get sort of out of the way before we start making CBD cocktails here is uh, the cautionary tale aspect. And it seems like to, to put a little bump for, for Louisville CBD, it seems like the, the main focuses that you have, which are like the ingredient quality and mm -hmm. and transparency mm -hmm. and the fact that you're trying to use your website as a platform to give people really well curated and digestible information that's not deceptive in any way, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're both scientists and, and you have the ability to kind of break these things down in an accurate way, yeah. but a non-hype worthy way, I mm -hmm. guess. Uh, you're just kind of like telling it as it is. I think those two aspects of what you're doing seem to be really necessary in, in your industry. And I, I think that really sets you apart. Yeah, and that's, I, I hope so as well, because. Uh, being in this industry, spend a lot of time Google searching and on the various social media platforms looking at CBD stuff. And, you know, we're not the only company doing it right. There are a lot of other excellent companies out there selling really good products that I would recommend to somebody and say, you can go with us or you can go with these three other companies and you're going to be fine. But as that cautionary tale, you do see stuff, you know, I see stuff on Pinterest all the time of CBD uh, for cancer. It's like, Okay, well, yes, CBD may help with some pain management and some nausea and things related to chemotherapy, but the way that it's written and the way they're saying these things, it's sort of like CBD is a cure for cancer. It is not. Mm -hmm. It is not. It is not. And it's just my fear that I would hate for someone to read bad information and end up harming themselves, mm -hmm. uh, dying, because uh, you have that, you know, CBD does help for depression. Uh, there are numerous studies that, that show this. We don't really understand it that well, but you can work with your doctor and see if you can add it to maybe a treatment regimen that you're already going through. Because I would hate for someone to say, I'm tired of taking these pills every day, you know, these chemical substances, you know, maybe they feel that the pharmaceutical industry is bad and evil. So they stop taking those medications, cold turkey, and they say, I'm going to take CBD, I'm going to use nature's medicine. Your body has become dependent on having those exogenous chemicals go into your body and prop you up. If you go off of an antidepressant, an antipsychotic, you could end up in a dangerous spot. So I would always warn people, you know, like just give them the best knowledge and, and be honest about what you know and what you don't know. 
And yeah, maybe we sell less CBD because we don't have salacious headlines, but I would rather every single product we sell goes to someone who knows what they're getting, understands what they can get from it, and actually finds a benefit from it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and we'll slap this on the beginning of the episode too, but uh, just a reminder, we're not doctors. And no. what we're telling you to do is consult your doctor yeah. before you uh, make any changes to you know your lifestyle that may involve chemical changes. I've, I've got some uh, scientific degrees, but not an MD, and I wouldn't even trust an MD on a podcast. You should always consult a individual doctor for your own particular needs. For sure, for sure. Um, so I want to jump into the liquor here because we've been sipping on a nice little Negroni here. Oh uh, Yes, this is a cocktail podcast. Ex exactly, right. So one of the things you and I were kind of chatting about off the air while we were <laughs> making these Negronis was something that I referenced earlier. And it's it's this this term psychoactive. And I'm, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. Try and try and give people uh, my side, or I guess not my side, m the way that I approach this this term psychoactive versus non-psychoactive, right? Like, so you see this term psychoactive, and usually when I see this term, it's like, oh, THC, that stuff that's in marijuana is psychoactive. It changes, and, and, and what I imply that to mean is that it changes the way that your brain functions, right? It's all of a sudden you are in an altered state of, thinking or altered state of consciousness. And one of the things that I see in the CBD literature, and it may partially be marketing, it may in fact be, you know, the case, but it says that it's non-psychoactive. And so I kind of want you to unpack these terms because I... I come to this from an alcohol and cocktail standpoint. I'm like not a big cannabis or CBD expert in any way, whether experiential mm -hmm. or academic. But when I think of alcohol, like when I try to put alcohol through this lens, I'm like, well, is alcohol psychoactive? It, it seems to change the way your brain functions. And yet it's not a schedule one substance. It's not like we've been drinking alcohol for a long time. Obviously it affects motor functions, which are dictated by the brain. It affects mm -hmm memory, uh, it lessens inhibitions, which are certainly regulated by the brain. So I have to look at this Negroni in the glass next to me and say like, I kind of think this Negroni is psychoactive. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I, I want to hear your thoughts on what psychoactive means perhaps to you as somebody who's in the CBD industry and just get your thoughts on psychoactive versus non-psychoactive because we're going to talk about using this stuff in cocktails. And I wanna make sure that people have the right context going into that. So what do you think? So psychoactive substances affect how your brain processes information and, perceive, and you perceive the world around you. So yes, I would say that alcohol is a psychoactive, that it, it is a, a depressant and definitely changes the way that you interact with the world around you, your motor functions, uh, the speed at which you think, even kind of anybody who has imbibed a certain amount of alcohol, the way in which you think. You think in sort of lines of logic that you would not have done so if you were sober. Right. That's why Hemingway, uh, what is it, right drunk, revised sober? Yeah. Which is attributed to him, but I'm almost certain that, that he did not because he always wrote first thing in the morning. He wasn't drinking then. Uh, he did love his alcohol, but... So it was right hungover. Yeah, right hungover. Edit less... Edit, edit less hungover. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> caveat there. Uh, so, yes. Um, alcohol is a, a 
psychoactive substance. Caffeine, a, a stimulant opposite of alcohol, also a, a psychoactive substance. And then you have THC, which then tends to be more in the sort of classically psychoactive substances, that, that high, that out-of-body etherealness, sort of maybe imagining things that aren't really there and your mind wandering and going to all these sort of places without the need of external stimuli, that your mind is going to go there just within your own head. Right. Where I feel like with caffeine and alcohol, it's changing a little bit of how you interact with the outward environment. And THC is going to do that too, but it's also you're, going to, you're just going to play in your own head. I like that distinction. So I think what we just kind of drew a line through was the kind of mild psychoactives versus mm -hmm. like stronger psychoactives. Yeah. And so a stronger psychoactive like THC is going to affect your internal landscape and your, your, and the way you interact with your external. Whereas the mild psychoactives are mostly just going to kind of have effects with how you like interact with the external side yeah. of things. So that that's interesting because I think it's really hard to draw a hard and fast line between like what's a mild psychoactive versus what's a more intense psychoactive, especially because everybody's brain chemistry mm -hmm. differs from person to person, at least insofar as like, you know, you've heard of the DSM, like the diagnostic manual for like psychological, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of maladies or uh, disorders. Like, when you look at that, you don't have to check every box for a certain condition to be diagnosed with that condition. And I think this is kind of that case, right? So like, I think it's useful for us to be drawing the line between mild psychoactives like alcohol and or caffeine and something more intense like THC. Mm -hmm. And what that reveals to me is why the legislation has kind of sided with CBD. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about why CBD is non-psychoactive and, and like what it is like in general for a person to ingest CBD and, and what often happens to their body or their mind? Yeah, so THC and CBD, which are the two uh, most present uh, cannabinoids within hemp and marijuana, react very differently within the body. So your body has CB1 and CB2 receptors, which are the actual receptors at which these things sort of attach to. Now, THC actually attaches to those receptors. And those receptors usually interact with our body's own endocannabinoids. Our body makes these chemicals that help us regulate mood and stress, appetite, natural sleep rhythms. So we have similar chemicals coursing through our body that our body's making. So we're consuming these from these phytocannabinoids, so ones from plants, phytoplant, mm -hmm. and they're sort of extra input now, THC is reacting directly with those receptors, and those are receptors that are in the brain, your central nervous system, and they're changing the way in which you perceive the world around you and when you're interacting with it and give you that sort of giggly effect and all of that. Now, CBD does not actually bind directly with those receptors. It's an antagonist. So it actually uh, prevents some of binding to those receptors, uh, which actually helps with some of that inflammation because some inflammation is triggered when other molecules are binding to the CB1 and CB2 receptors, it's working kind of in that way. And then also it has uh, degradation products, which produce our own endocannabinoids. It triggers some of our natural production. And I'm saying all of this that the research kind of thinks it knows what's going on in the body. But because 
Uh, both THC and CBD are part of this class of plants that has been listed as a Schedule One chemical substance for so long. There hasn't been much research. Uh, it's, it's harder for a researcher for at a university to get their hands on marijuana to actually run these tests and to try to look at it. So there's not a lot out there, and the vast majority of the research is all on THC. And then there's a little bit on CBD, but hopefully that's going to be growing in the years to come now that it's going to be more accessible. For sure. So CBD is more of like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I'm, I'm trying to use the scientific term with two unrelated degrees in the humanities here, but uh, <laughs> would it be maybe considered something like a catalyst in terms of like spurring your own internal, mm. like, like it's almost like, oh, here's a CBD molecule, like maybe I need to start churning these out more naturally, like mm -hmm. endogenously? Yeah. Kind of? Yes. Yeah. And because they, they interact very differently, uh, you'll notice that anybody who chooses to use marijuana, if you have something that is more of that equal ratio of CBD and THC, CBD actually helps modulate THC. So you're going to get that more mellower high, mainly anecdotally is what, I, <laughs> what I'm saying here. And, but if you have those higher ratios with really, really high THC, that's going to give you that super psychoactive, trippy, ephemeral feeling. Mm -hmm. And so you will get a more steady balance because that CBD is going to modulate a lot of those interactions with a THC in the endocannabinoid system. For sure. For sure. So I think that's a really good breakdown for folks. Uh, I think we've we've done a good job kind of taking people through the differences between THC and CBD. I think those differences are very, very important. And that's why I wanted to front load them before we started talking about cocktails and, and potentially combining these things or as we mm -hmm. are about to do with alcohol. But thinking about that, like if I wanted to combine CBD like either, I'm, I'm guessing I'd probably do it in an extract form or a tincture mm -hmm. form with alcohol in a cocktail. Like, I don't know. Like, what does that look like? What are the, is there going to be a flavor difference? And, and I assume there's going to be a difference in how I feel after I consume that cocktail. Mm -hmm. what, do, what do you know about that? Uh, so I will caveat this with that I'm a, a little bit of a, a cocktail novice. But if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while, there may have been mention of the Speaking Easy podcast. <laughs> I was the uh, producer of that. So I was in the room with Alex and Jordan for 107 episodes of making cocktails and talking about cocktails. So I've uh, assumed a lot of knowledge through osmosis. Now with CBD, most likely it's going to be introduced in a tincture form. So it's going to be in an oil-based tincture, not an alcohol-based tincture. And with that, so if you're thinking about, you're adding, you're adding an oily substance to a cocktail. So if you make a cocktail and it's not shaken and you put, put CBD on there, it's going to float. It's going to float on top and you're going to have it there. So it's going to not be, so you're not going to get it even. Every sip is going to have the same amount. Um, maybe that's good. Maybe you want it that way. Sort of, you know, just dotting a few on there, making a nice little design, almost garnish-like. Uh, but most of the cocktails that really incorporate it well, try to t treat it more like you would treat something like an egg or aquafaba, something that's shaken, really incorporated and emulsified within the mixture. And that's going to help that get incorporated in there. So that's the main way that you're seeing it in cocktails. Because uh, 
CBD and alcohol are kind of um, suppressants on on our body's uh, central nervous system. They'll work together, but in very different pathways. They don't work on the same areas uh, of the central nervous system. So you're, you're kind of going to get a, a double whammy, a double effect. So you're going to feel that relaxed, but also full body high and ease. And it's it's kind of nice. So I have had several CBD cocktails. Uh, uh, I've got a lot of alcohol lying around and I've got a lot of CBD lying around and uh, I'm a scientist. And so. They just happen to happen to spill into one yeah, another. Yeah, accidents happen. Beautiful accidents. Now, I personally, you know, if if you're drawn to CBD for like a supplement and to improve your health, just just take CBD on its own. A lot of people are taking CBD for anxiety, depression, pain management, inflammation, oftentimes related to arthritis. Alcohol is not good for any of those things, especially if you've got depression or anxiety. It can actually make it much worse. Uh, it'll help, you know, hurt with the, the inflammation. So if you're reaching to CBD for a lot of these medicinal-esque uh, uses, probably shouldn't be mixing it with alcohol. That being said, if you want to enjoy the stress-relieving effects of CBD and also unwind with a cocktail, have at it. Mm-hmm. They, they work well together. And it because it's from a, a plant, it does have a floral sort of taste to it and, and different things. And we can open up uh, a bottle and, and try some of it and give some, some tasting notes. And it would be good with something that really accommodates that herbiness. Uh, we've got a cocktail we're going to mix up here in a second that has tequila in it. Mm-hmm. I think that it would probably be good with a very, like a, a gin, a gin cocktail and, and bringing some of that in there. I don't know if I would like it with a brown a brown spirit. I've seen some bourbon CBD cocktails, but that seems a little clashing. Maybe it was something that normally has mint, like a mint julep. That might play well. There you go. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you're you're saying this, these like phyto phytocannabinoids or whatever yeah. it is. Like it's it's vegetal. Yeah, because it's it's a weed. You know, yeah. it's like it's gonna have some of these notes that certain gin botanicals also have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really good point. So I do want to crack it open and get a little tasting note. But but one last kind of CBD cocktail related question on the cautionary side that I have sort of pertains to the strength yes. of, of what's in this bottle. Now, you, you said earlier, like, well, you know, there's some people out there who are selling. There's a lot of companies that make this 500 milligram tea from somebody who is not a scientist. <laughs> I, I'm barely one. Well, but but you've done the research on this, yeah. so I, I I'm curious to know about what sort of control measures might be put in place because neither you or I are professional bartenders. Mm-hmm. We're we're talking quite a bit to to home consumers here who might be wanting to to try this at home. But if you go to a bar where there are CBD cocktails on the menu, how do I know my bartender is not going to effectively? inverse roofie me, right? Like I think of a roofie being something that works on the mind, Mm -hmm. but like, how do I know that that bartender is not going to put so much THC in my cocktail that I'm just like going to be like a lump on that bar stool because I'm just, I've got this intense body high. Maybe I don't want like a super intense Mm -hmm. body high. What kind of, I guess, dispensation and uh, regulation measures can be used in a a cocktail setting? All right. Well, I've got a a few things there. So one, when you were talking, I don't know if you had uh, inadvertently, you said THC. 
in oh, the cocktail. So I meant CBD. But there are, there are. I mean, in California, you will find bars that have uh, tinctures and, and different things with marijuana in them. So you can definitely buy out at bars THC cocktails. I believe it's a green dragon when you infuse vodka or something stronger with marijuana. Uh, yes. Yeah, so those exist. So that, I cannot speak to it. Um, you could probably add way too much and, yeah, yeah, sort of, as you said, sort of end up roofing yourself and just being knocked out. With, with CBD, it's a little bit more interesting. And I, you, you brought up this term that I actually hadn't heard that the upgrade. Well, I guess I had heard it and not really realized it. Yeah. You know, you go to the coffee shops and they can, you know, upgrade it with CBD. And you're starting to see CBD cocktails and they've got this sort of premium added on to them. So where the cocktail may have been a, a $12 cocktail, now it's a $14 cocktail. So there's a, there's a value add there. They're not adding $2 worth of CBD. They're probably adding 50 cents worth of CBD because, you know, they, they mark it up. You're, I wouldn't say that you run a risk of, of taking too much. You know, you might run the risk of overpaying for something that's gimmicky. Uh, they, they didn't put enough in. But you definitely, I don't think you take too much. So two weekends ago, I believe, I drank a whole bottle of our 500 milligram CBD to to see what the effect it would have on my body they, they've done uh, studies where they give them up to uh, 150 milligrams of, of cbd and they're doing that as a daily dose so i was perfectly fine to know that it was not going to be lethal it wasn't going to do really adverse reactions but let's just say that i felt amazing it was like a big giant security blanket was wrapped around my whole entire body. I, the, the world was giving me a big giant hug. I was, it was almost impossible to, well, you can never really multitask, but even feel like I was multitasking. Everything was a monotask. What I was doing was what I was doing and there was no other like back chatter in my mind. Uh, so I did this kind of experiment. So I, I've taken a lot of CBD which the normal consumer isn't going to do because that's a $50 bottle of CBD and that's right. an expensive habit. So you're not, you're not going to be, able, you're not going to overdo it. Worst case, you're going to pay a few extra dollars for something that's not going to do anything because they're not going to add enough. So that's kind of my, my take on it in the, in the cocktail space. So I wouldn't worry. I see. I see. Yeah. So like, and basically what they're doing is they're using, you know, probably something like this tincture with the yeah. eyedropper and they're probably going to be putting a couple of drops in there. A couple of drops, maybe a full eyedropper if they really want to give you, you know, the full effect, probably half. Yeah. Just to bring in those flavor notes. And I've made, I made a cocktail and we'll make a cocktail that has a, a full dropper in it per cocktail. You do notice it, but it's not going to be anything that's going to sit you on your butt. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I, I think, you know, one of the concerns from a consumer, especially when you're going out to an, uh, like a, like an on-premise location, a bar or a restaurant. Can when, I get home? Yes, exactly. You know, and that, that's a, that's a big deal. I mean, I made sure I took a ride share to our, mm -hmm. our recording location today because I knew we were going to be partaking of this and I, I wanted to make sure that, that I was being safe and everything. But yeah, I, I think one thing to just I guess be careful about when you're going to a bar is as a consumer, just make sure you know whether it's CBD or THC that's going into your cocktail. Mm -hmm. I find that it's 
very probable that THC, like marijuana, is going to be continually deregulated mm -hmm. and or legalized in more and more states. That's the way the trend is going. And as that happens, it's probably going to find its way behind more bars. And that would be an unfortunate mistake to drink a drink and think you're getting CBD and then you get THC. Very different effect. Right. And you're going to be like, oh, I didn't, wasn't signing up for this. Right. So if you're in California, yeah. Colorado, Massachusetts, where I'm from recently. Mm -hmm. yep. um, so be aware of that. That's why we front loaded all this cautionary stuff is so that you understand CBD, body stuff, THC, body and brain stuff. Mm -hmm. And we know that alcohol is kind of a mild psychoactive. So you don't want to add a potentially intense psychoactive on top of that. That's, that's not going to end well. So please do know and feel free to ask your bartender to examine the product that they're using. Mm -hmm. Because if a bartender refuses to let you read the label on what you are about to consume. That's it that goes with anything. Like if they won't show you the bitters that they're using, if you're curious and a consumer, maybe pick a different bar. Sure. And, and it, it, really what it boils down to is hospitality. Mm -hmm. Like that's a very unhospitable thing to do. That's a very disingenuous thing to do. So uh, what I want to encourage all of our listeners to do out there is if you find yourself in a situation where you are consuming a CBD cocktail, it might just be a really good safety net to snap a picture of the label of what gets put in that cocktail just as a point of reference for yourself to make mm -hmm. sure that, that you're getting a an actual, you know, product there, not not like Bartender Joe's special CBD <laughs> juice. You know, so th that's important. I think that's a good security measure. And then what I would also say is that if this is something that appeals to you in the cocktail space, either from a flavor standpoint, which we're about to dive into, or just from simply like a, the side effects standpoint where you really, you know, let's say you have some back pain or you, you have, uh, you know, you're, you're a crazy uh, new runner like Tyler and you've got, some, <laughs> you've got some body pains that you just want to work out, start with one. Mm -hmm. And consider mindfully what's going on in your body because that's the beauty of CBD not being a psychoactive is that you can actually still be present to ask yourself questions like, how do I feel? Do I feel like I could get up and walk around right now and have a conversation with someone? Or is this just a little bit too much for me? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think having that awareness as you combine CBD and cocktails is something that if you're a curious Epicurean person and you're interested in flavor and you're interested in the various things that your body can experience, I think having that awareness is only going to help you enhance it mm -hmm. rather than, you know, just be, be a burden in any yeah. way. So do you want to break this, this open and, and yeah. give it a little taste? Break the seal or I, I've got an already open one. If you want to keep that one sealed. Sure. Why don't we do that? I'll take a, Tyler's going to grab that. We're going to have some pictures of the Lou CBD products on the show notes page over at modernbarcart.com forward slash podcast. Um, we'll have some some links as well. And so you said you make a couple different tinctures. What are we about to taste? So we are about to taste the stronger tincture. And I, and I picked this one because we're only going to take a few drops under, under our mm -hmm. tongue, but I want it to be uh, more of the CBD and that hemp extract in there so we get a better taste of it. Right. Uh, of what's actually going on there. And did you say that the other one was more of like the chamomile sleep 
be time uh no so we have two tinctures one is a thousand milligrams and one is 500 milligrams okay so we're doing the thousand milligram and then the sleepy time was more in the the soft gel yeah that's the soft gel one and we uh we color coat the soft gels because we sell um in a combo pack so we want to make sure that people don't shake out a pill pop it and realize that they took the wrong one so there (laughs) we do color coat them uh because that would also be a Horrible mistake first thing in the morning to pop a melatonin before going to work. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if you want to take a few drops. Sure, I'll just squeeze a few drops. And, and yeah. for anyone who's familiar with like a bitter's eyedropper, this is very much a similar setup. So I'm just going to put like two or three drops under my tongue. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very interested to see what you taste because uh, my, my brother is a... It's a super taster and definitely helps in his job. Uh, I would say my palate is not as refined. Mm. You know, I, I get almost like a green tea flavor, mm-hmm. which is like a, or a, a jasmine, a jasmine tea. Yeah. And it's very mild, like you said. Like some of those tannins in there, like the tea sort of, yeah. And And then... Like it kind of, it comes to rest, which is interesting on the back of your tongue. Mm-hmm. And then I get that after effect of sort of cannabis-esque taste mm-hmm. a little bit later. And I think the grapeseed oil was a really good choice for this because it's a vehicle for flavor, but mm-hmm. it doesn't add too, too much of its own. I think, I think you did settle on the correct like like vehicle for the oils although unfortunately we have to say that loose cbd is pro rape i know because grapeseed is just known as rape in europe yeah <laughs> uh very very beautiful by the way it grows when it blossoms in the springtime you just see these beautiful fields stretching out for miles and miles just this beautiful yellow flower but it's called rape but yeah i, I think like in terms of the oils that were out there this is really nice and i'm actually pleasantly surprised by how it fades very gradually. Like you would assume mm-hmm. that it, I don't know, I don't know why I assume this, but I kind of assumed that it wouldn't be very strong and it's not, but I assume that it would kind of vanish mm-hmm. and it hasn't, it, it sticks around a little bit and I get a little bit of residual bitterness, not in a bad way, but in a tannic tea-like way. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the best way that I can convey this flavor experience to those of you listening at home is that this is kind of like uh, like a, a concentrated like green tea aftertaste mm-hmm. almost to me, which is kind of cool. And and people have done a ton of amazing things incorporating tea into cocktails. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, kind of uh, lends itself to that. But yeah, I agree. I don't know if I'd want this with anything. Aged in a barrel? No. Because then what it would do is it would mimic a flaw, mm-hmm. right? It would It would kind of trick your brain into saying like, there's something wrong with this whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with a gin or especially like a, a tequila, like we're about to use, I think that's great. So I think what we can do right now is we'll take a little pause. We're going to put together some of our, uh, mixology materials here and we'll be right back with a cocktail courtesy of Lou CBD. And we're back. Tyler, can you tell us a little bit about this cocktail that you just mixed up for us? Uh, yes, and first off, I cannot take uh, credit for this cocktail. It was uh, originally made by Jason Eisner at uh, Gracias Madre in California, and I found this on liquor.com, but I've made this before, and this is called the Sour Teasel Tizzle cocktail, 
and it has two ounces of tequila blanco, one ounce of fresh pressed lime juice, half an ounce of uh, agave nectar, and then did a full dropper of our 1,000 milligram uh, CBD oil. It's going to have a nice CBD kick to it, so you'll probably be feeling pretty good by the time you finish the cocktail. And then three-quarters ounce aquafaba. Mm. And the aquafaba is, you know, that egg substitute. And what I did, so first I shook all the ingredients minus the CBD and the aquafaba with ice. Then I transferred that into a mixing glass and then actually used an immersion blender, brought in the aquafaba, and got it really, really mixed in there. So, I mean, there's a nice big, like, heady foam on top of it that has that incorporated. It is excellent. And when I saw that stick blender come out, I was like, oh, brilliant, right? And and this is actually, for the cocktail nerds out there, so what you did was a dry shake. Yes. Right? So you did a dry shake, and then you blitzed it all up. Or no, you did... No, you no I had did, ice. So you did the reverse dry shake then. You would know better than me. Right? Okay, no. I know that, what I did. That, I don't know what it's called. That's correct. So this is the actually... Scratch what I just said. That this is the reverse <laughs> dry shake because right, the dry shake is when you combine the materials without ice, shake them all up, then you add ice. What you actually did is you diluted the cocktail first and chilled mm-hmm. it down, and then you did the reverse dry shake. Except it wasn't a shake; it was a stick blender, and that's <laughs> what gave us all that nice frost. So you got the important elements of the cocktail in terms of like the taste balance, the sweet mm-hmm. to sour to boozy stuff, all taken care of, and then the textural balance came afterwards. So if you were doing this just in a cocktail shaker, this would be known as the reverse dry shake, which is something that you sometimes come across with cocktails that have like egg white or aquafaba. So Mm. shall we try this? Yeah, hopefully it tastes good. Cheers. Oh man. Yeah. That's that's nice. That is. So what I love about this is it's like your classic sour, right? As you were running down the ingredients, it's your classic sour where you've mm. got two ounces of your spirit. You've got an ounce of the sour, which is fairly sour. Then you've got your simple. Mm. And then you've got your frothy emulsifier kind of situation. And so what I was doing while you were describing the cocktails, I was kind of nosing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what you can get with these cocktails with the aquafaba or the egg whites is you can kind of get almost like a muted nose, mm-hmm. which makes sense, right? You've got this big pillowy cloud of protein between yeah. you and the aromatic substances that might otherwise be emanating out of this drink. But for this, you know, you were, you were telling me that you selected the aquafaba in this cocktail as, as kind of a way of, of holding that CBD, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise it just kind of floats on the top like an oil slick almost. Yeah. And... I think what that does here is that it actually allows it to be a more aromatic drink because, mm-hmm. you know, we've got this this kind of proteiny matrix that's housing the CBD oils, and mm-hmm. I'm getting the and also at the same time, you know, it, it's it's breaking down like it's not being held in a, a steady state, so you can see the foam, you know, slowly breaking down and dematerializing, and maybe that's allowing some of that smell to come out. Oh, and there is a there's a mint mint leaf on top wow. that I I smacked to bring in some other other sensory flavors not yeah. so much in the the taste but the smell but yeah they're related you definitely get that activated mint but you've got that kind of almost that green tea flavor kind of mm-hmm. lurking in the background there as well that carries through really well from what we tasted earlier to this cocktail so i'd say this is a hugely successful cocktail congrats to the gent in california who invented this by the way because this is 
exceptional. And uh, thanks for putting this together. I think this, I think what this does, I think it, for me, this is the first CBD cocktail I've ever had. Hmm. And I was worried, maybe not worried, that'd be a, a strong word, but I was like, is this really going to add to the cocktail experience like mm-hmm. as a flavor? Yeah. Not as anything else. I will find out in a couple minutes, I suppose, about the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But as a flavor, is it going to add to the cocktail? And I think the answer is if you're smart about how you incorporate it like you were, and like this bartender who developed the drink was, I think it can absolutely add some of those phyto notes, some of those vegetal notes. Yeah, and I would almost say that and you know anybody who's listening if you want to try cbd definitely try our products but you might actually be better off with some of the other products on the market if you want to bring in those vegetal notes because we selected against all of those things to take it more for the supplement value of having having it sit in your mouth holding it under your tongue for 30 seconds to a minute so we have moved away from a lot of the stuff that might actually be better suited for our cocktail so it is still very subtle so maybe you want something that has more herbaceous tones in the cocktail. Right. Well, I mean, there's always, you know, you got to figure out where you personally sit on the stank spectrum. Like <laughs> if you want high stank, you know, go for go for the high stank you know, stuff. And, and maybe if you guys if if you guys want a a CBD that is specifically formulated for cocktails, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. I can make that happen if there's enough interest in it. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll put all your contact info at the end of the episode here. But in the meantime, while we quaff this, this lovely, lovely drink, how do you feel about some lightning round questions? Hit me. All right. What's your favorite cocktail? And if you don't have a favorite of all time, what's something you've more recently been getting into? I would say my favorite of all time is the old fashioned because I don't drink a lot of cocktails, but it is something that I can discern a good one from a bad one and tell a lot about the bar and the bartender making it. Very good. Yeah, absolutely. I would say even more so than the martini, which is like my second choice for the indicator drink, I would say the old fashioned is like the preeminent indicator drink of the bar. And my select spirit, of course, is bourbon being from Kentucky, but I do like a good rye as well. Where from Kentucky are you from? Were you from like the western part, midstay, eastern? So I'm from the western part. Owensboro, Kentucky is where I claim, but really I'm from Masonville, but people know that even less than Owensboro, which no one already knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can find some spirits from Owensboro. Sazerac is out there. Right. And then there's some other ones that used to exist and then have faded away. But if you're at Jack Rose and tasting through some other bottles, they have some stuff made in Davis County, Kentucky. So that's where I'm from. Not from the the bourbon-centric area, but we do have some distilleries out there. Right, Jack Rose being like the epic whiskey bar in D.C. I believe at some point, if not currently, I think they have the biggest whiskey collection east of the Mississippi. East of the Mississippi. Usually it's uh, in the Western Hemisphere. They go back and forth between them and then a bar in Portland, Oregon that the name is escaping me. Interesting. The Passenger, maybe, might be the bar. We'll look it up. Yeah. If you were a cocktail ingredient, what would you be and why? Ice, because I think it's very undervalued. People put a lot of value in the other ingredients, which, yes, take a lot of time and attention. But ice is something that you have a lot of control over as a bartender and consumer. What's in the bottle is what's in the bottle. But you can really control that ice. And ice, depending on the size, shape, density, clarity adds a lot of different complexities that I think are undervalued. 
I totally agree with that. And it's something that is very difficult to do in like a small apartment in the city. Yeah. I am moving tomorrow to a less small apartment. So I'm, I'm actually glad I've got the CBD. I've got like the, you know, that moving stress <laughs> going on right now. So the CBD is a welcome kind of addition to my diet today. But hoping that in my new place I can get like a better ice setup. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm waiting until all my, all my stuff kind of comes to a resting place mm -hmm. in a given spot. And then I'm going to take a, a little temperature reading of the, the space and see if I can up my ice game just slightly. So you're going to go for like a deep freeze and see if you can get like a really nice column where you can try to get those air bubbles out and then get that Japanese ice saw and try to get those crystal clear or are you not going to go that crazy? I mean, that's maybe a little bit aspirational, <laughs> but I think, I think at the very least I'm going to see if I can get like room in the freezer for like a little igloo cooler that I can do a miniature version of that setup yeah. with and then at least start, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it kind of like in a, in a, an apartment, if you really want to have a good ice game, it almost has to be like a daily practice where it's like, all right, cooler's frozen. Yeah. You know, like right before bed, like, you know, take out the cooler, refill the cooler, do mm -hmm. it again the next day. Like, I don't know, but we'll see. I'll, I'll keep all our listeners posted on that. This lightning round isn't very lightning. Well, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Um, if you could have a cocktail with anyone in the world, past or present, and I should mention, I was thinking, I was like, oh, Jordan and Alex from the Speaking Easy podcast have answered these questions, Ooh. but... Tyler has not. So this is actually an achievement for me. If this was a video game, I'd get like a little medal for this of having ever, all three of you having answered these. But this is the Widowmaker question, of course. But mm -hmm. cocktail with anyone past or present, what's what's your choice? That's a hard one for me. And I'm going to go with someone who I've just been listening to a lot of their stuff. Relates actually back to my marathon running. Ben Greenfield, which most people listening probably don't know. He has an excellent podcast. He's this far out there guy in the health and fitness industry big proponent of cbd so that's nice uh, but just asking him a lot of life questions and just drinking with him i do know that he does drink but occasionally he's very big into like aperitifs and using sort of like pre-dinner cocktails as like a, a digestif and, and priming the body really big into bitters and sort of the history of bitters and how we've used those as medicinal properties so i do know we could mix up a few cocktails and enjoy them uh, so he may not be, uh, we're probably on the same level of imbibement since I don't drink as much as I used to with the Speaking Easy podcast, but Ben Greenfield, probably a really obscure answer, not a historical figure. No. It's not Jesus or Einstein, which probably uh, get said a lot. <laughs> I only had Jesus once, and I think we may have only had Einstein once, but uh, <laughs> I, what I really like is when people choose like the current people living. I, yeah. I like that. I like that because it like... I don't know. It, it shows a, a concern, right? It shows like a, a per, and, and you, what I like about you as a, as a person is that you've, you've, you've always got kind of like something you're working on. And, mm -hmm. and usually it's not like something it's like, it's like a pocket full of things. Yeah. And, and so I, I like that there, you're, you're combining your, your cocktail hour with somebody who is going to help you with your marathon running. Yes. <laughs> it's very effective, very efficient, which is not what we can say about all government employees. No, not at all. <laughs> so getting into some advicey stuff here, this might be a stretch, especially because you were talking about how there's not a whole ton of research out there on CBD. And if there's not a ton of research, maybe the quality of the non-scientific literature might mm. not be super high as well. But are there any books about, we'll leave it open, CBD cocktails uh certainly you've got some cocktail books but mm. are there any books about cbd and or cocktails that, that have been informational and, and and useful to you 
Now, CBD cocktails, I don't know if there is a book out there, probably not, because if you Google CBD cocktails, you're gonna come up with maybe like 10. Half of them are on goop and they all involve vodka, uh, which, yeah, uh, I have the same belief as Jordan and Alex about vodka. Now, as far as CBD goes, sort of the same thing. The, the science is evolving so quickly and a lot of it's pop culture reference. I don't really have a book recommendation. I'm actually working on a book about CBD. That It's gonna be more of an ebook. I don't know if I'm gonna go physical publishing route, but I hope to have that released this summer. But Project CBD is a website and they, they don't sell any products, which is nice to see from a, an informational source that they're not trying to just SEO optimize and get you to land on their page. They're pretty good um, and, and well-rounded. Sometimes they get a little questionable when they're quoting the science and maybe make some claims that I feel a little hesitant about, but Project CBD is by far the best resource for CBD information, other than, of course, my website. There you go. Cool. Well, uh, we'll link to that in the show notes for sure. I think people out there after hearing this uh, should be hungry for, for more information. I think that's kind of like the, the one goal I have, especially... That we're putting this out on 420 week, baby. Perfect. Good timing. So if, if you could give any advice to somebody who's just starting to experiment with CBD or CBD cocktails, you know, based, based on your experience, what advice would you give? Start slow, do your research. And when you're looking to buy a CBD product, look for something that one is third party tested. Uh, so you want to make sure that it's got a certificate of analysis to actually show that they've had someone else other than their own scientist sort of validating what's in the product. So that's one thing. Look for something that says that it's organically grown or organic. There are no uh, USDA certified organic hemp farms in the United States, but they are organically grown. Very uh, interesting distinction. So if you see someone that actually has that USDA organic seal on it, uh, maybe don't buy them. Because uh, yeah. they're just slapping some some labels on there. Look for a product that either says that it's THC free, which that's going to be broad spectrum, or look for something that says it has less than 0.3% THC. That's that full spectrum. Uh, so you want to make sure that those distinctions are on there. Don't I personally wouldn't go with the CBD isolate because uh, you want the entourage effect, which means you want those other uh, accessory molecules with it, those other uh, cannabinoids. So yeah, so those are some of the, the high-level things. Those Third, are like the label things to look for. Yeah, the, those keywords are things that I would definitely look for. And then there's more. You know, really go to their website. Does this feel like a real company? Or does it feel like something that was just slapped together by a guy trying to make a buck? You really try to vet them and get an understanding and reach out to them. Like send them an email. They, they probably have a contact form or a phone number or they're on social media. Send them a DM. If you don't get a response or you get like a crappy response, don't buy from them. There you go. I think that's a great, great way to, to vet. And I was actually going to recommend like reaching out and giving mm -hmm. a little poke to see what kind of comes back in your direction. Yeah, who, who's, who's behind the, the door, you know? Exactly, exactly. Well, I think that's great advice. Uh, and I think also just going back to what, what I was talking about at the, at the end of the, the main interview when we were talking about like just things that you should do. Ask your bartender, look at the label, like the, just look for red flags. It's generally a pretty safe thing. 
if you don't see the red flags. So look yeah. for the red flags. And other than that, be common sense, use your head. And of course, again, for the third time, consult your damn doctor because we ain't them. <laughs> no, we are not. All right. So how can people do a couple things here? How can they check out Lou CBD? How can they maybe get like one of your products? Mm -hmm. uh, and then like how to, how to digitally connect with you? Because I have, I have a feeling people are going to want to reach out for, for more information, especially, you know, when the ebook comes out, you mm -hmm. know, like what, what are the best ways to get in touch and to find your products? So first and foremost, uh, loucbd.com, L-O-U-C-B-D.com, short and sweet. Uh, you can Google Lou CBD, Louisville CBD. We're going to pop up one of the first hits. So that's one place. Uh, we're most active social media-wise on Instagram because I'm a amateur photographer. I kind of understand Instagram. We have Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest. I have no idea what I'm doing, so don't go there. It's embarrassing. So check us out on, on Instagram, uh, posting a lot of not just cool photos, but I try to actually have the content, you know, the captions in there actually provide value, mm -hmm. provide information. Some of the stuff that we're writing on our articles over at LuCBD, I like to bring that into the captions to, maybe people aren't reading blogs about it, but I can give them the, the highlights in, in those, those pictures in their, their feed on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, definitely feel free to reach out. Um, if you want to contact me directly, tyler at lucbd.com. That's the email. Shoot me an email. Uh, you can also direct message the Instagram. Uh, that's primarily run by me. So I'll answer and respond to you. And if you want one of our products, they're all available at lucbd.com. And I think we're going to offer a discount to uh, the listeners of this podcast. So I hope you're, hope you're okay with that. Absolutely. I am, I'm, I'm all about the discounts. So we'll have information about the discounts in my introduction. So if you happen to miss that, if you're one of those introduction skippers, I swear to God, I'm going to find you because mine are good. No, if you miss the coupon code, it's going to be in the introduction to this podcast. So hit that you know, spam that little, you know, backwards reverse thing on your podcasting app and um, we'll provide a nice little coupon code for you just because we're great guys. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Tyler Lloyd, thanks for being on the podcast. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there's two big things you can do for us here at Modern Bar Cart. One would be to tell your friends and family if you think they'd enjoy listening to us talk about cocktails. And if they don't download podcasts, they can always stream our episodes on their desktop directly from the show notes page at modernbarcart.com. The other thing you can do to help would be to head on over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars are great, but we're more interested in your feedback. And the beauty is, the more reviews we have, the easier it will be for other folks out there to learn about our show. We're trying to start a cocktail revolution here, and by spreading the word, you're helping us fight the good fight. You can always reach us by emailing podcast at modernbarcart.com if you're looking for cocktail or bartending advice, or if you're a pro who would like to pull up a mic and be interviewed for all to hear. Also, definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Modern Bar Cart for cocktail porn, recipes, and entertaining tips. And 
keep an eye out for new product releases and special offers, which are happening all the time. We love our listeners and we really enjoy giving you exclusive discounts and sneak peeks at our latest and greatest cocktail projects. This episode may be over, but for you, the mixological fun and adventures are just beginning. So remember folks, drink responsibly and experiment boldly. This episode was made possible with editing and production assistance by Samantha Reed, CBD Science and Excellent CBD Products, courtesy of Tyler Lloyd and Lou CBD, and, of course, a little bit of interview magic by yours truly. This has been a Modern Bar Cart production, copyright 2019.